Hey everyone, welcome to the Bulletproof Hygiene Podcast, where mistakes are welcome, nothing is off limits, and growth is inevitable. I am Sharissa Wood. I'm Brittany Simon. And we are putting our brains together to bring you the tools you need to elevate your hygiene practice, build amazing team culture, and provide patients with the very best care. Our mission is to help empower and equip every hygienist to practice purposeful, profitable hygiene. We look to guide you on your journey towards career fulfillment by providing support, collaboration, and community to our profession. As two of the top producing hygienists in the country, we know firsthand that these things lead to sustainable and fulfilling practice and the happy side effect of high profitability. So let's get to it. Welcome back to another week of Bulletproof Hygiene Podcast. We are excited to having to have you join us this week. Um, we did take about a two-week hiatus in just prepping for our summit and, and actually being at summit. And I just wanted to do a really quick recap and say it was incredible. We had a lot of fun. There was really, really awesome energy. Um, I feel like the mindset of our attendees this year was just definitely growth mindset and collaboration and connection. And there were so many teams, we had about 400 attendees and so many teams that were really just putting their heads together. And it was fun to walk through the hotel and see the different teams in different areas. Like even though we were done with the lectures, like still talking and still thinking and still growing together. So really, really exciting. If you missed it, we are sorry. You missed a really good one. It was out in Vegas at the Wynn. We had a fabulous time. But there will be another one to come. So mark on your calendars. Um, we are going to head to Orlando in June of 2024. So just be thinking that way and you don't want to miss it, I promise. So for today's show, um, I was thinking it might be short and sweet. We'll see how short it actually is. But this is definitely more of a tactical or strategic type podcast. And I feel like I, I titled this Check the Boxes. And I feel like in hygiene, we're very proficient at checking the boxes of all the things that we need to do for each patient, each hour. You know, it's it's kind of like review and update medical history, check. Take blood pressure, check. Ask about any patient problems or goals, check. Update x-rays, check. And we know the list goes on. And we're all pretty good at routine and efficiency because we cram so much value and assessment and information into a very short time parameter. But it gets really easy to work on autopilot and go through the motions, but still feel like you haven't made much headway, considering it can feel like a rinse, wash, repeat cycle. So today I'd like to throw a spin on the check the box concept. And honestly, this did come out of Summit for me. So at Summit, we were presenting about what to consider when treatment planning for perio, because as we all know, periodontal disease is extremely multifactorial and there is a lot to consider. And I know I don't have to tell you a very short time to do it in. And for so long, we have relied on assessing the level of damage already done by the disease or infection to determine our treatment modalities. The redness, the spongy tissues, the bleeding, inflammation, pocket depth, interproximal calculus, or bone loss are not what we are actively treating. Those things are the byproducts of the pathogens present, the toxins that they're secreting, and our own immune system response process. The pathogens are what our enemy is here. We all know that how we respond, and, and, and twofold here, either how we respond to the actual pathogens and toxins and cytokines themselves, or how we respond to the treatment rendered can vary depending on so many other factors. 
And that's what I want to talk about today. So I have created my own personal checklist just for me that I wanted to share with you listeners so we can all be thinking more big picture when it comes to determining the best course of treatment and maintenance for our patients. And I'm going to list these out verbally today and discuss them, but I challenge you to create an actual visual checklist for your op until thinking through these items becomes your norm. And my challenge lies in not allowing the measurements of the disease destruction to guide your treatment planning, but instead combine those assessments and those measurements and those findings with these other factors to help you reach optimal results with your treatment. Because really, I just wanna stop and think about this. Like it is kind of insane that we have built our treatment planning on well, they had four to six millimeters in generalized or localized areas with local or moderate BOP with, you know, local bone loss and, and four millimeters of clin clinical attachment loss. Like what we have used in the past to build our treatment plan is the destruction that has already occurred. It's not the treatment plan to actually address what's causing it. So thus my thinking for this checklist and I created this list for myself recently. And honestly, it is a visual checklist and I have it. I, you know, I, I work out of two ops. So I actually have printed it out and it's in the back of my op, op kind of like hidden in the edge of my computer. So I can still see it when I'm sitting and talking to a patient, but I created this list for myself because I have had the privilege of collaborating and working with a functional medicine doctor that refers her patients to me for assessment and treatment based off what's found through salivary testing in her office. Um, I also have the privilege of the doctor sharing what they are working on with that patient, which makes it really nice. I know it's like a special window that I get. Um, and whether it be gut issues, high inflammatory markers, the presence of genetics towards dementia or Alzheimer's, um, et cetera. So I, I get a window into, hey, this is what we're working on. And then now we're seeing this on the salivary test. Like, can you help us get this under control and see what kind of impact it has in these other areas. So having this background information on top of seeing patients who are extremely driven toward optimal health and knowing my responsibility to help them get there has caused me to dig in deeper and really try to get to the root cause of the disease activity. And that being said, and I know if you've listened to me before, you know my passion, I think the first box we have to check is knowing the pathogens present. I think salivary testing is imperative to knowing what we're up against and then also being able to ensure that post-treatment, we made the impact we were hoping to make and are truly achieving health. And there are several companies on the market that provide different options for testing. We've done um, podcasts with, with some, of, some of them. Um, I personally use HR5 through direct diagnostics because they give me the most specific results within a two-day window for the red complex bacteria that are driving the disease. So I can very quickly know, okay, what's here to what levels are they here? We can start game planning. I also like and have utilized oral DNA and I love them. They look for the same um, red complex, but they look for more pathogens in their testing. And what I really like about them is they offer genetic testing. Um, so they look to test the genetic susceptibility and in that case, if we know a patient carries high-risk genes, we know we've got to see them more frequently and be more aggressive with their treatment. I also really like and did a podcast with Bristle. If you haven't heard that, go back and listen. But for the fact that they are looking for all of the bacterium present, 
like the good and the bad, as well as candida. So you get a really full picture of what the patient's whole microbiome looks like and how it can affect complete oral health. And they categorize it from decay to perio to halitosis susceptibility. So there's a lot of things that Bristle looks for. And I think there's a really good space for that in as you're working on the health aspect and rebuilding the good, the good bacteria, that's a great way to see what you're doing there. So I think there's a space for all of these different testings. Um, but I think, like I said, from the get-go, we've got to know what we're up against. It's those bacteria that are driving the disease. We got to know what we're fighting. So that is always going to be box one for me. And like I said, my functional medicine doctor sends me those results from her office, but we do the same testing in our office as well. So if I'm seeing someone that's not through her, then I recommend that for our, our either new or existing patients. The second box involves taking a step back to look at medical conditions and medications the patient is on. You know, is uncontrolled diabetes a factor? I always ask, you know, what was your last A1C? Do they have an autoimmune condition that's going to compromise their immune response and healing capabilities? Do they have something like Sjogren's syndrome where dry mouth is going to be a battle the whole time? Have they been diagnosed with a GI condition, IBS or Crohn's or SIBO that they're working on? How could meds be contributing to the progression of perio or decay? And are there considerations we need to make from the angle of our treatment approach? For example, are there medications creating xerostomia or driving thrush? Are they on anticoagulants that's gonna increase bleeding? Are they being treated for reflux? And should we then consider products that will neutralize acidity or remineralize areas already weakened? Could those extra puffy tissues actually be gingival overgrowth stemming from calcium channel blockers? There are so many side effects from medications that we've got to keep in mind. And according to the CDC, nearly seven in 10 adults between the ages of 40 and 79 have used at least one prescription drug in the past 30 days in the US. And approximately one in five have used at least five prescription drugs. Considering what our patients are taking and why is foundational to understanding how to meet their individual needs and provide the best level of care. And I don't know about you guys, but I'm seeing more and more patients these days that are, you know, have a laundry list of medications. So that is, that's a big factor to consider. And sometimes I'll be honest in the, in the rush of the day, you know, they, they rattle them off and we put them in the chart and we just keep moving forward. There's not always time to really dig in and understand that. That may be something that you do after the appointment or after hours to kind of be like, huh, things didn't look so great today. There was a lot of medications. Let me, let me just kind of understand what this person is on, what those side effects may be and, and why, and, and put that piece, that picture together a little more clearly um, so that next time you have a little more information and you can help them out more. The third box to consider is their current level of home care. What are they doing? How often are they truly and honestly doing it? And with what? I cannot tell you the number of times I've handed my patient a hand mirror to show them the proper floss technique, only for them to tell me with wide eyes, oh my gosh, I had no idea you could go that far under the gums. Like it happens daily. Um, I've had patients boast about trying the new fad charcoal toothpaste, and they happen to have a mouthful of advanced recession and had to stop and educate them on how abrasion will further those areas of recession and abfraction. And I always say, hey, you spent the money on it. You don't have to throw it away. Just use it on their shower drop from now on because it's that abrasive. That is not a good thing for you to be using. Um, I have patients that use over-the-counter mouthwash two to three times a day. 
which we are now understanding kills the good with the bad and can lead to more resistant strains of pathogens. So we've got to ask more than just, hey, are you brushing and flossing? We've got to get more specific and help coach on the necessary steps for health for each individual patient. And, you know, we have those patients that, you know, I've got some men who are larger men who have huge hands and they just can't fit the floss all the way back there. And so we talk about water pit. We talk about floss handles. Um, I think it's, you know, I feel like my patients probably get tired of me asking, but that's part of my routine at the top of every appointment when I'm reviewing medical history and any dental concerns. Hey, tell me what you're doing home care wise. Like what's the frequency of your brushing and flossing? Are you using a water pick? What are you doing in there? Because people don't know what we know. So check that third box to see, are they doing what's most beneficial for them? Do they need, do they need soft picks? Do they need a water pick? You know, is there something else they could be doing that's going to serve them better? The fourth box to consider is airway. And this to me is a really big one. Um, I feel like our profession is not quite fully engaged in understanding how much airway impacts just health in general, but also our oral health. So do we see signs of airway resistance or apnea? Do we see a narrow palate? Do we see tongue ties, scalloped borders of the tongue, enlarged swollen tonsils, linea alba, tooth wear, stretched uvulas, class four malampati spores? Are we asking about the quality of sleep or snoring or frequent waking or consistent dreaming or waking with dry mouth? Are we asking if they can breathe through their nose? I have been amazed at just asking that question alone, how many answers I've had patients say, oh no, I can't, I can't breathe through my nose. I, I've never been able to do that. I have, a, I have a deviated septum or I broke my nose when I was a teenager or that's a crazy amount of yeses or nos that I've received when I asked that question. So that's a basic one to ask. Having proper oxygenation is crucial to health. It is literally the basis of life. No oxygen, no life. And we have a front row seat to visual signs of airway complications. And if we're not addressing them, we can do everything available to address perio or decay. But if we don't help them correct their airway disorders, it's like hitting your head over and over against the wall. And I have done this. I have seen patients that I have been treating for years and I know they have an airway issue and we've had the conversation and they're just not well, willing to address it yet. They're not in that place. So I'm going to keep doing the best I can do. I'm going to keep talking to them about how this is the factor that's holding us back, hoping and praying that at one point they'll be brave enough to, to dig in. Um, a lot of them, it's just the fear of the unknown or not wanting to do a sleep study or thinking I'm never going to wear a, you know, a CPAP. It's those kind of things. But check the box. Regardless of how the patient responds, check the box. Rule out airway issues to ensure long-term success. The fifth box is checking in on GI health. So we know that the mouth is the beginning of the GI tract and we swallow up to about a thousand times a day. So if we have a patient who is having GI dysbiosis or disruption, it can be a sign of pathogens in the mouth affecting the gut lining and driving inflammation there or it can be a sign of compromised immune health because we know gut drives immune health which means a reduced healing capacity. Asking patients about their gut health is important and it doesn't have to be as awkward as it might sound. I've gotten really comfortable with this. So what I do is I just explain the connection to the patient. Hey, your mouth, it's the beginning of your GI tract. It's the very top. We swallow over a thousand times a day. So what's happening in your mouth is also happening in your gut. 
your gut also drives your immune health. So if you have gut inflammation, if you have bad bacteria living in your gut, and there's some side effects that come that can come from that, I'm going to ask you about that in just a minute, then that can really impact your oral health or how you respond to us treating your mouth when there's issues. So have you had any recent GI upset or diagnosis or symptoms, things like bloating or constipation or diarrhea or reflux or just general stomach upset? Get comfortable asking those questions because when you explain to the patient, hey, this is all connected, then it doesn't seem as awkward. Much like airway complications, if gut health is out of whack, it's going to complicate our treatment outcomes. Our sixth box is looking at occlusion. Are there occlusal forces from a traumatic bite that are driving bone loss and pocketing that then harbors pathogens? Is there crowding that complicates good oral hygiene and complete removal of plaque biofilm? I think sometimes this is one that goes overlooked. Again, we focus on the, the bleeding and the inflammation and the redness of the tissues, and we may not consider the occlusion itself and the bite forces. And, you know, it's easy to look at the crowding and think, oh, yeah, that's hard to keep clean. But we really do need to be looking at that big picture of occlusion. Um, this is also where I really love salivary testing because I have seen patients where they had the bleeding and, and the inflammation, but I also could tell, gosh, occlusion, this is not a good functional alignment here. This, you know, they're in crossbite or there's excessive, you know, recession in this one localized area. And we do salivary testing and it came back clear. And I'm like, okay, this is occlusion driven and we've got to address that. The seventh box is looking for any open margins of existing restorations that are harboring bacteria, whether it's crown margins, porcelain margins around inlays or onlays or composite restorations, we know that rough open crevices provide opportunity for bacterial proliferation in areas that no one can reach. And I will see this a lot of times with a limited um, case of perio inflammation and infection. Um, you know, where it's one or two teeth in, in the mouth, that's just really, there's a lot of bleeding and irritation and it's around an existing crown or, um, composite where I can get caught under that ledge. Um, you know, we know in those cases, that's a, a, a matter of addressing the restorative needs and then the gums responding. The eighth box is assessing for nitric oxide levels. And if you didn't catch our episode on that, I would refer you back to episode 107 to learn more about nitric oxide and why it matters. And you can purchase really inexpensive test strips. Uh, you can get them on Amazon. I keep them in my op. Um, they take about 20 seconds to do chair side, super easy to test. But we know that low nitric oxide levels are indicative of poor gut health, as well as insufficient levels of good, healthy levels of oral bacteria. These are patients you may want to provide oral probiotics with for treatment, have further GI assessment done, and also discuss diet, which brings me to box number nine. So check off box number nine is discussing diet. Could the inflammation you are seeing orally be driven by poor diet choices? We know that things like high sugar intake, processed foods that are full of chemicals that break down the epithelium, Allergies to things like gluten or dairy or excess alcohol use can drive that inflammation and that response. And I know that for those of us who've been doing hygiene for any period of time, really, we've seen the difference between those patients that are whole food, clean diet eaters 
And those who live on a fast food processed food type diet, the gums look significantly different. So we've got to discuss diet when we are attempting to achieve health or fight disease. Um, you know, there's that, that phrase, let food be thy medicine. And if we are treating active infection and disease, but we're not talking about the nutrition side of it, whether they take that advice or not, it does need to be a conversation that we're having. We've got to support their immune system with the right nutrition, the right foods. Um, and, you know, we don't want what we're doing and what that patient is doing, what they're investing in and what they're taking the time to do their home care toward to not be effective because they're eating a ton of processed foods. Um, allergies are a really big part of this. And a lot of times patients don't know they have allergies. And sometimes that might be part of their GI issue. So again, we can see how all of these things connect, but it's definitely a conversation that we need to have. And it's a simple conversation of, hey, tell me, tell me a little bit about your diet. How many fruits and vegetables would you say you get in, in, a, in a day? Um, you know, how many processed foods are you eating? How much alcohol are you intaking? Do you have any, any um, issues with gluten or dairy? Just to kind of get them thinking. All of these boxes are simple questions that we talk through with our patient. We're looking for clues. We're looking for ideas. And we're also getting them to think forward. Our last box for today is box 10, stress. Stress is one of those factors that all of our patients navigate intermittently, right? We all face it, unfortunately. Stress contributes directly to inflammation as it drives cortisol hormone levels. And we know that cortisol is secreted by the adrenal glands and has been found in curricular fluid, which also drives gum inflammation and also serves as food for the pathogens that are living in the sulcus. And honestly, this is where I wish we had a magic wand to make stress disappear immediately for all of us actually. But sadly, that is not our reality. Stress is something we will all come up against and for our patients, acknowledging stress is super helpful for removing shame and blame for their current oral state. So I always like to put myself in a patient's shoes and know that if they're super stressed, you know, they lost, there's a job loss or a loss of a family member or a move or a job change. And it's just, things are out of whack and things are stressful. Um, I realized that Usually when we're stressed, everything gets thrown out of whack, right? So we're not eating the same diet. You know, we're just kind of eating to survive and not necessarily to thrive. Our sleep gets thrown off. We're not getting good quality sleep. Our home care that we would normally do gets, you know, pushed off to the side because we're just exhausted and we're stressed and, and that's not where our focus is. So remove that shame and blame and say, hey, I know you're going through it right now. I do not want to pile more stress on top of your stress. I know that what I'm seeing in your mouth is definitely a part of that process. Um, so let's talk about helping our patients just come up with some good relaxation strategies and some stress management and being empathetic. It goes a long way here. And I've had this happen multiple times where patients I've seen for years come in and they present and their mouth is all of a sudden really inflamed and angry. And we stop and go, okay, tell me what's happening in life. And then they start telling me about this really stressful scenario they're going through. And that's when I say, okay, look, I have never seen your mouth look this way before. This is obviously an issue with the stress and the hormones that are being released. I can't fix that part for you. I sure wish I could. 
What we can do in the meantime is treat what's going on in here, the, the response that's happening. But I also want to talk through some strategies. You know, what do you love to do? What helps you feel relaxed? And we just talk through those things, you know, some strategies that they can do. Um, I have seen so many patients who on the flip side of that stress look great again. So, you know, just helping our patients, you know, being mindful that when a patient is under extreme stress, our treatment outcomes will be affected. Um, so it's just being empathetic and walking through that with them. When a patient says at the top of their visit, oh my gosh, you know, you say, how was your summer? Oh my gosh, it was so stressful. And, you know, they start telling you things. Do not discount that. That is like in, a, in the big puzzle of each patient. That is when I hear that patient say that word, that's like a puzzle piece fitting in exactly like this, you know, danger, danger, Will Robinson. This is part of the issue. So helping patients understand that and just removing that shame and blame. Like, hey, I get that life's out of whack. That's why this is looking like it is. Let's figure out what we can do to help you right now. Hopefully once we get past the stress points, things are gonna look better, but here's what we can do now. So at this point, I have only created 10 boxes. Um, I didn't wanna overwhelm us. I know that there are many more factors that come to play. And honestly, I would really love for you listeners to share on the Mighty Network any boxes that you check off consistently that I haven't listed here today. Our Mighty Network exists for us to collaborate and share together. So come do that, please. If you haven't joined yet, it is a um, free app. You just look up Mighty Network and search Bulletproof Hygiene and join, come join us and come tell me what else you guys are looking at and thinking through so I can add it to my list too. And once I'll what I do want to say is I'm right there in the trenches with you guys. I understand the limitations of our time. It gets really, really easy to just kind of do the same old thing in every appointment. So what I want to encourage us is Teresa, that's 10 more boxes that you want me to check off. And I know a lot of you are doing many of these boxes already, but going through all 10 of these in one appointment can feel overwhelming. So instead, I just want to encourage you to just go one at a time. And if you have time in your appointment to do three or four, awesome, do them. If you have time to do all 10, that's amazing, do them. But we have the opportunity to see patients again and again and again. And this is a journey and a process. So, you know, don't feel like you have to do all 10 at every appointment. Just start working it into the process. And I think it will get more and more natural for us to just think through those and even talk about them as we're working on our patients. So it, it's not, it, this doesn't have to be a face-to-face -face conversation. And then, then we do the things. This can be something we're talking through as we're working. So once we have checked off all our boxes, we can then move forward with planning the best, most individualized approach to help each patient achieve true and long-term health and wellness. Once we have all the pieces to the puzzle, I encourage us to then build into our treatment plans ways to address infection from four different aspects. So we have 10 boxes to check off for, hey, what's going on here? And then four boxes for directions that we are going to, or aspects that we're going to treat from. First is gonna be mechanical, meaning the physical removal of calculus and plaque and biofilm and compromised tissues. And whether that be through scalars or ultrasonics or lasers, we have to do the mechanical part. We've got to remove the irritation. We've got to remove and disrupt that biofilm. But the second aspect is the chemical aspect. 
And considering we know and understand that AA, TF, and PG are all resistant to mechanical disruption alone because they actually embed themselves in the tissues, and that these pathogens begin to immediately rebuild after disruption, we've got to use some sort of pointed chemical agent to kill the pathogens driving the disease. And there are so many options out there for this. I just want us to be mindful that we're doing both. We're doing the mechanical, we're doing the chemical. Then we've also got to address the third aspect, which is the healing aspect, helping our patients boost their immune system health. And that can look like, again, diet, proper uh, nutrients and supplements if they need those. Um, utilizing products that promote healing of tissues. I'm a big fan of Stella Life. We use that in our um, practice. We have the gel and the rinse. I love it because there are no chemicals in it. It is all natural, um, all plant-based, and it heals amazingly quickly and wonderfully. So we've got to consider the healing part. We've got to support their immune system. And then lastly, the fourth aspect is rebuilding or repopulating a healthy, supportive microbiome. Our goal is not total eradication of bacteria. We are, we are not creating a sterile environment in the mouth. We never will. That is not our goal. It's having a good, healthy, symbiotic community that works to create harmony in the, harmony in the oral environment. So the thought is, you know, if we're killing the bad, then we're now creating available room for either good to move in and, and populate or the bad that gets left behind, again, because we're not sterilizing, begins to quickly repopulate and rebuild. So in this case, as far as rebuilding or repopulating, oral probiotics are how we can accomplish this goal. And again, there are so many on the market. And this is such an easy concept for patients to understand. They understand the concept of gut probiotics and keeping the gut healthy and rebuilding a good, strong gut. It's the same thing for the mouth. It's just bacteria for the mouth that we want there. So it's, that's a really great way to help patients understand, hey, we've gotten in, we've removed, we've killed a lot of the bad, we wanna immediately rebuild the good so that you've got a good healthy flora. So like I said, short and sweet today. Um, I hope today's content has been helpful. Like I said, I know none of this is really new or groundbreaking information, but again, I know how busy we all can get and some days it's all we can do to get the basics in. And I hope that creating this checklist will help create some automatic thought processes that will save time, but also help us to dig deep and really create that customized care for each patient. Patients really do appreciate it when you get curious with them and help create a plan that is specifically for them. It's not just a cut and paste that, you know, you're giving to everybody. They feel that individualized care and that makes them a patient for life. Don't feel like you have to check each of the boxes at each appointment, like I said, because that really isn't always realistic, but start with the first one and your work, work your way through as time allows, as patient openness and communication allows, because sometimes that can be the barrier. And then as your appointment opportunities unfold and you continue to see this patient over time, the relationship we have with our patients is not, we know this, it is not a one and done. It's a marathon or a journey and honestly, a beautiful dance. And you do not have to have it all figured out. The truth is we never will. Just keep moving the needle forward, being authentic and curious and dedicated. I wanna to say to all of you, thank you for all the hard work you do day in and day out. Hygiene is hard. It can be stressful. It can be a lot, but what we get to do is such a gift for those patients. So keep on keeping on everybody. 
Have a great week. I will see you next time. Come chime in on the Mighty Network, please. I know there were boxes I didn't cover that I probably also am looking at every day too and just not thinking about today, but I want to hear from you guys. So come uh, check in on the Mighty Network and I will see you guys next time. Have a great week, everybody. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Bulletproof Hedging Podcast. We hope you've had as much fun as we have. Don't forget to click subscribe for a lot more where this came from. We appreciate your support and promise to keep the hygiene gems coming. Keep track of upcoming Bulletproof Hygiene events by visiting bulletproofhygiene.com or download the Mighty Networks app and search Bulletproof Hygiene to stay connected. We want to hear from you.